That was Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. I am not Carson Sestouli. I am Meg Rowley, the new managing editor of Fangraphs and your new host of Fangraphs Audio. And what follows here is a conversation with my soon-to-be former colleague, the aforementioned Carson Sestouli, in which we reflect on his time at Fangraphs.com. We ask him to account for the decision, which some have called shocking, to join the pro scouting department of the Toronto Blue Jays, the state of the stand-up comedy scene in the city of Madison, Wisconsin, of which Carson was both a patron and a participant, and other bits of professional and personal nonsense that he found relevant. We will see, or at least hear him grapple in real time with the emotional and professional future of his own life which is very good radio, or at least the radio that you are being provided with today. I will spare you uh, in service of the uh, rather somber, if celebratory, tone of this podcast, a protracted plea for Fangraphs membership, though it is available to you. I will say that Fangraphs hoodies are available for sale. I say that because it is relevant to the content of this episode, and also because I am wearing one, and it is quite cozy. And I will also say that I'm quite excited to start my stewardship of this podcast. We have a number of very smart, uh, talented folks at Fangraphs who grace Fangraphs Audio on a fairly regular basis, and I hope to engage in conversation, baseball and otherwise, with them, and also with other members of uh, the baseball intelligentsia, as it were, to provide you with uh, something, you know, reasonable and fun to listen to while you are commuting or perhaps doing laundry. And so without further ado... A final conversation with the erstwhile managing editor of Fangraphs.com, Carson Sestouli, in which he can be said to have fulfilled his obligation. let's just dive right into that decision yeah it's quite relevant to both of our lives yeah it it would appear to be uh yeah uh abandoning is not the it's not the word uh for example if i were editing a post that suggested that carson (laughs) were abandoning fan graphs uh i might reach out to the author and say this word might not be most representative of what's occurring would you describe it as uh, committing a deep and lasting betrayal <laughs> that you will worry I think about every time I see you at future events? <laughs> it's not. That's no. That's not actually not what I'm thinking either. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I don't think that I'm important enough to betray anyone. I think you need to have like a baseline <laughs> of relevance to the world or import. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm capable of betrayal. Yeah, we just like you. I mean, it is. it would be strange for me, especially to be particularly mad at you, considering that the absence that you are creating with taking this great opportunity means that I kind of got promoted. Well, that's yeah, that's what you're stating publicly. What what uh, what listeners will not know is that um, there was. I mean, his, I assume is you know like a like a British court, you know, before the the dawn of the 18th century or whatever. There was vicious infighting, and in you by by virtue not so much of um, any of coercion by physical violence, but mostly by uh, smear campaigns internally. That's how you that's how you claimed. Claimed the role of managing editor. I admire you for it. Uh, well, um, I mean, poison is famously uh, a woman's weapon, 
And uh, I did not physically poison anyone, but I may have engaged in a very underhanded campaign. You did, yeah. Of uh, of lies and subterfuge. Uh, under and under, it was so underhanded. It looked like a game of rounders. <laughs> baseball. This, this, this is my baseball. As actually, I should be honest. I'm living to to. Um, well, wait. Take up a very unsuccessful career in stand up comedy, <laughs> and that's and that's one of my, that's my that's my last. That's my final joke. I mean, I think most comics find it useful to uh, to you know workshop their sets mm-hmm. uh, and see what bits work and what what bits don't, mm-hmm. uh, and then arrive at something better. But so, hey, Carson, we should. You well, know, well, actually, can I say something to you, Meg? I'm going oh, to. Sure. I'm going. To, can I have a moment of vulnerability? Yeah. This is something I I have not told you. Oh. Uh, despite the fact that we have spoken about Madison a number of times, yeah. is that on multiple occasions. I performed at the open mic night at uh, Comedy on State. Well, be darned. Did you really? I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Did Did you receive uh, a polite but telling silence from the, the assembled crowd, or were were they uproarious in your in their praise of you? Well, I'll say three things. One is the crowd the crowd was very good. Uh, so, yeah. so the crowd was receptive, but that's point number one. Point number two is that it was a it was a pretty easy crowd because there are a number of young people who I think were just excited to be drinking in public. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it, they were, and at that level, like the the stand up or the open mic level, it's not really a question of material. I think like material is somewhat important, but mostly like. What they want, the ba- like what they all they really need is for you to seem somewhat confident on stage. Right, right. So you're, you're because, getting a, a participation trophy of a yeah. sort. Yeah. 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 Well, because like a lot of the people go up like they actually could have a pretty decent material. But if they seem like if they seem like they're wilting under the, the gaze of the audience, then the mm-hmm. audience feels like you feel like you have to be like, oh, no, you're good. And so there's this whole sort of inter- interchange. I only had uh, one really bad set. It wasn't there, though. It was at a bar that had a different open mic night. And um, I was trying to do a bunch of jokes that would play up my, well, I guess it's less than latent uh, elitism. Um <laughs> It's 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 not as apparent now as it used to be. I used to think it was funny to sort of, uh, especially living in the Midwest, to kind of lean on the sort of New Englandy elitism a little bit, and uh, it was not well received. No, even though they were jokes, they are jokes, but these they were not perceived as jokes. It was mostly other people who were just waiting to do their time in the stand up thing, which is not the case for the open mic night and comedy on state. Um, that was very well attended. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the the drinking point is also a good one. What at what point in one's life do you think you reach the sort of stage where you stop being enthusiastic about drinking in public and start being enthusiastic about your absence in public not mattering and so getting to just drink at home? Yeah. Uh. Well, it's happened. I know that. Um, yeah. You've crossed the Rubicon. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was when. It's been somewhat recent. I don't know, mid-30s for me, early to mid-30s. It's been somewhat recent. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like once you like have some maybe some established friends and maybe they can they can visit you at your house. Also, when you start liking your house, like for yeah. a long time I was itinerant and it just like there was never any reason to spend a lot of time on making a house nice. Yeah. Well, now you have a baby. So you have a you have a built-in excuse to not leave and also an inducement beyond 
the alcohol you might provide to get people to come to your house because, you know, people want to come and say, hey, here's your baby. It doesn't do anything yet, but it's so cool that you made this. Yeah, he's okay. I mean, the other thing is too, like now, like I have like, I've always had like a baseline of anxiety. So typically when I drank, like up till two years ago, when I drank, it would just make me normal, you know? Mm. But now that like I have constant sleep deprivation, it makes me fall asleep. Sure. Um, in a way that's that has not been the case before. And I try and like I still haven't fully adjusted. So I'll be like, oh, I could have like a beer with lunch. But a beer with lunch is followed by a nap after lunch. I don't know if you'll be able to nap after lunch in your new your new climb. Do you wanna do you have something to do you wanna what? Huh? We're gonna ask. We're, you were I think you had started to ask before I I interrupted you, the host of Fangraphs Audio. This is a very strange change. I think we're we're both feeling our way through it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, and then you're gonna be gone, and I will just be able to do what I want. Yeah, but that'll be sad. Mm-hmm. So mm, I don't know if I'm enthusiastic about it yet. But so, hey Carson, yeah. you're leaving Fangraphs. Yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you doing? Are you going to cobble shoes? Or are you mm. going to be no, a youth pastor? <laughs> no, I'm not doing either of those things. I'm gonna work for the Toronto Blue Jays of Major League Baseball. Oh my. Yeah. Yep. I'll be working in their pro scouting department. I imagine that that is a role that uh, you have a, some sense of in a general uh, way, but probably will look very different once you've hit the ground and are doing it every day. Does yeah, that, does that I think so. Right? Yeah, I have I have a, a decent sense of uh, what's going to be going on. But um, I think that I'm also a person who's not very good at um, anticipating how things will be in the future. Like I also... Um, for example, I did a similar I did a podcast similar to this one with Dave Cameron I don't know roughly a year ago, not quite a year ago. And um I couldn't must like I just could not uh I know I had no way to project my emotions into the future. Mm. So I was just like I'm talking to Dave Cameron. I'm talking to Dave Cameron. I don't know if this is like kind of like a spectrum sort of behavior, you know. Mm. Um but um even if I'm not technically on the spectrum like I think it it, it might be along those lines where I just had no sense of uh, emotional future. And in, in also, I, in the same way, like I don't – if it's something's not real to me, like it's not – I'm not actually at the offices of uh, the Toronto Blue Jays as we speak. So um, it's not it's not real to me. I'm sure that they will be thrilled that you do not count among your strengths projection into the future <laughs> as you prepare to join their scouting department. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I will not have to run projections in my own head. That's uh, true. Yeah. You will ha- you will have uh, other other tools at your disposal. Yeah. So, can I ask you a series of questions, and then you can tell me if you can't answer them? Because I think that I often get questions uh, as a person who's crowed about how uh, it would be cool if if the people who worked in baseball were a, a touch more uh, diverse in their makeup than they are at the moment. I, I often get questions in my chats about like, well, I want to work in baseball. What's the process? Can, can you uh, tell our, our listeners how how this happened? Yeah, I could. Uh... Can, you, can you tell a little that little piece of the secret? Not a lot of it, maybe. But sure, a little, I'll tell you. Yeah. Piece? I think that um, I think that the team was maybe interested in some of the work that I had done uh, by way of the Fringe Five, for example, which is mm-hmm. a post that I've published over the last uh, six years, maybe weekly post looking at minor leaguers who did not appear on um, any of the sort of more notable industry top 100 lists, uh, attempting to identify players using a combination of projections and uh, statistical, uh, other sorts of statistical indicators and scouting reports, and of course, uh, leaning to some degree on our fabulous prospect analysts. 
Eric Wanganagan and Kyle McDaniel. Mm-hmm. And so I think that maybe using some of those same, I think I'll probably be using some of those same muscles to use a metaphor because I don't actually have real muscles. <laughs> well, you have um, a couple. Yeah, well, to, enough to uh, stand up and operate operate my body. Uh, but beyond <laughs> that, beyond that, I have the requisite number of muscles. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a similar. I think it's. I think I'll be using those skills. And um, you, you know, I I actually I don't. I'm not really in a position to, I guess, comment to a great extent on like what the what the sort of overarching vision is uh, for the team. But I think that I don't think it's a secret that like organizations, generally speaking, like want to, uh, you know, they want to have they want to use all the information available to them and they, they want to have some sense of how to wait it all. Um, and so, you know, I, in a, you know, in, at some level, I think I've been that's been part of uh, what I've attempted to do with the, the French five stuff. So I think does that is that sufficiently vague, but also somewhat to your point? Have I at least answered? Have I have I not answered the question long enough that you forgot that you forgot uh, <laughs> where we began? Because that was my ambition. I think that you have succeeded both in providing some information to our listeners and also not jeopardizing your future employment with the Toronto Blue Jays, which seems like the best outcome possible. Yeah, I think that's where we wanted to be. Yeah. 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 I think at a baseline, I think like even though I am not always I am not always impressed by my intelligence. At least I think I uh I think one thing I do well maybe is uh I could um apply a certain amount of clear headedness to and I'm uh, familiar in sort of this uneasy territory where we have to like weight things. I know that mm-hmm. human humans are not always good at um like this happened i think uh, in the projections for 538 recently like when they were projecting um the texas senate race is that you saw like i think at one point better will work maybe at like 35 or 40 percent you know that was like where his ratings were and uh or chance of winning maybe and then you know the narrative the media narratives that came out of that was like it's a 50 50 race and right and then he lost 10 points and then it was like it's a sure thing for ted cruz like human brains just aren't very good at occupying that kind of um, intermediary space. And I don't think my brain is necessarily good at it, but um, I've uh, done some exercises to be to be somewhat better at it, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a place where we tend to be the squishiest in our analysis, which is good, right? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be terribly certain in what is already sort of squishy territory. But I think if you're able to correctly identify indicators that w- might sway decision making one way or the other with some amount of like intelligent uh uh, uncertainty Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of value in that Uh, and it's a tricky it's a tricky needle to thread and i think one that most people are just candidly really uncomfortable operating in that space at all yeah well it's it's not very easy it and especially because like i don't know i mean at a larger level like you want kind of um I guess heuristic might be one word or just like you want principles that that dictate your decisions, right? You don't want – it like doesn't even make sense. Every decision you make in life, you, you have to thoroughly examine all the, you know, the possible implications of it. Like you want to have some shorthand for making decisions. Right. The problem, I suppose, is when the shorthand – when you use the shorthand for more difficult questions because then you're not giving proper weight to – you know, like when it's like – you know, uh, it could even be bigger things about your own life and your relationships, you know, like mm-hmm. certain things do require a bit more uh, examination. And so you have to know when to stop using the shorthand and uh, resort to, um, I guess, a more critical thinking that also would um, embrace 
maybe would also involve more ambiguity. So like a, a souped up pro and con list. Yeah. Although, so my grandfather was always like, you need to make a pro and con list. And I'm like, yeah, grandpa, except you need to weight the pros and cons. Yep. And yep. Uh, that's not something that my grandfather would suggest, but he did okay. He's 97 and he's still alive. So that's incredible. It's yeah. an accomplishment of its own. I think yeah. I might just give up before I get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that wouldn't make sense. Uh, yeah. He did a lot of things right. He had, he did a lot of it by using that shorthand. So yeah. Um, who am I to, uh, am I to criticize? Did you think when you started at, at Fangrass.com that you wanted to work for a team? Did that process, uh, was that there from the very beginning or did it evolve uh, kind of slowly over time? Because I know uh, in talking to Dave Cameron, Dave Cameron, he did not think he would ever work for a team mm-hmm. and then uh, got into conversations with the Padres and it, it you know, was sort of wowed in a way he didn't expect to be and was given a, an offer that he... Uh, couldn't refuse, not yeah. in like a there's going to be a horse head in the bed kind of way, but in just a, well, heck, I got to give this a, a go. Where do you fall on that spectrum, sir? I don't I don't think I ever considered it uh, with any great depth. I mean, at a certain point, I mean, I felt, mostly I felt fortunate to be employed for a lot of the time that I spent at Fangraphs mm-hmm. uh, and surprised. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that was mostly it. And, you know, I have uh, worked with good people over the years. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was not something uh, – it's probably not something that I considered at any great length. I will say, like, the eight-year-old version of me is, like, pretty excited because if you told the eight-year-old version of me that he would be working someday for a baseball team, he'd be like, what? What? And then he just said that he, if uh, his work on a – weblog is partially what contributed to his ability <laughs> you'd be like what's, what's a weblog yeah. yeah what's the internet there would be a lot of questions to answer you wouldn't just go back in time and tell your eight-year-old self to like buy apple then mm. you wouldn't have to work at all this is a good point yeah yeah i was actually talking to a younger friend recently and uh i was advising this person i said have you considered um, instead of doing all this professional development, have you considered marrying rich? Right. I think that uh, marrying rich is an under. I think that's an that's an underexamined route. <laughs> I, and I wish I had considered. I I love my wife. I just wish that she came from a wealthy, wealthy family. You you love her, but you just would love her more if she could keep you in a lifestyle to which you would rapidly become accustomed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's Now, that's a good point. You, uh, we have a way of regressing to the mean in terms of uh, luxury. Um, yeah. But it's a mean that I'm willing to regress to. It, yeah, it is. A, that is consistent with my experience at Goldman. You know, you start to expect certain things when you are surrounded by people with money, often mm-hmm. from money. And then you will uh, be away from those people and perhaps, you know, around your family who are just like normal folks, you know, just normal, normal type folks. Uh, and then you realize that um, your expectations have been warped in ways that you uh, did not anticipate and that you now use some words as verbs that are not. And uh, it, takes, it takes a good run of grad school to kind of shake you from some of those habits. Which will do it. Yeah, because then you're, you're really quite poor. Here's a question. Um, yeah, when you, so when you left Goldman Sachs, the mm-hmm. people, the finance people, yeah. What is something that and you might have even felt ashamed for the fact that you were like, oh, I can't do that anymore. or That doesn't happen automatically anymore. Was there anything along those lines? A sort of luxury, whatever that's. Um, um 
I enjoyed in a way that like depending on how charitable you're feeling toward the the impulse to do this um could either be like really altruistic and nice or like kind of showy and awful I really enjoyed being able to like pay for a dinner mm-hmm. you know like I'd go out with pals and I'd pay for dinner I liked being able to do that it brought me joy would and you announce I- would you announce Meg got this uh no, like the really satisfying one is to take care of it when no one's uh looking and then mm. being able to say in a kind of embarrassed way, "Oh no, I I got that." <laughs> I I enjoyed doing that, you mm-hmm. know. At the, at the time I had a lot of friends who were in grad school and did not uh, you know, have access to the the means that I did, which, you know, were not exactly were you know, were nice. Mm-hmm. But not insane, but like, you right. know, I, I I made too much money. So uh Your cup was running thing over, but it was not a giant cup necessarily. Correct. Yeah. So I enjoyed doing that and you know, mostly with people who I knew and who weren't going to think that I was just like a, a Dylan, I'm gonna swear, just like a raging for mm-hmm. for doing so but like you know when my sister came to visit me i would like take care of stuff while she was there or like i took my family on vacation you know and i i felt very guilty about how much money i was making because it was way out of sync with my value to society mm-hmm. and so in in a lot of ways it was just a coping mechanism for guilt but i still missed being able to do it after i left and was in grad school and no longer felt guilty and just felt poor Right, that is the, uh, I believe that's the correct emotion. Did yeah. you, um, wait, did you live in New York City? I lived in, well, I lived in a, I didn't live in the, in Manhattan. I lived in Queens. I lived in a neighborhood uh, called Woodside, which I imagine is about to change quite dramatically because of its proximity to Long Island City, where the new, one of the new Amazon headquarters is oh, about yeah. to go. That's so right. I dread thinking what would have happened to my rent had I stayed. Yeah, and the rents are already pretty substantial over there. Oh, God. Yeah, that was... Although they're not much better in Seattle, to be honest. I'm glad you're being honest. Finally. Finally. If I'm being honest, Carson, I Mm. would say I will miss your presence at Fangraphs. Well, I appreciate that, uh, Meg. Uh, You as well have been... I don't know. Is this what we're going to say? Are we just going to say nice things about each other? Come on. No. It's been a pleasure. Your hyphenation is crazy. The What's hyphenation that? is nuts. Oh, That's yes. That's a mean thing to say about you. I do. Uh, I do. Over hyphenate. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One woman's opinion. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so- soon to be. The most important opinion. The, yeah, apart. that's right. That's yeah. not true. So you do, you think that you'll be a little bit less um, zealous with with hyphenating. Uh, now, yeah. to be clear, I'm not, none of it. It's all been grounded in 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 principled. I know. Yeah, I my know. my ambition has always been to remove ambiguity to yes. make the, to make things as easy as possible for the reader because I think that is, reading is a tough job. Yeah, and I think that that is admirable. Although I perhaps possess a slightly higher, a greater degree of faith in our readership to be mm-hmm. able to sort out front office in conjunction with other words. So front office decision, for example. In the phrase front office decision, I would hyphenate uh, front and office. Yes, I know and you And it would. seems as though you wouldn't. I probably would not. Well, when you get around to that office decision, you see the back of it, you see the side of it, and then you see the front of an office decision. Hmm. 
Sounds pretty confusing to me. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I expect that I will get some notes from uh, you yeah. in, in the coming months. Yeah, I'm not uh, many of those types of decisions that I've made. I recognize that they're born out of, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily know what, what the impulse is, um, but it's uh, right. It's one that, to which I committed and uh, continued to commit over the course of my tenure. And uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess I should probably be sorry to Dylan because uh, Dylan Higgins, who is ably editing this program as we speak and as um, also uh, will be doing some work with you. But he has helped, especially after the birth of my son. He did some did some editing in the afternoons and uh, I would lean on him about uh, editing. I, I think I always let him I let him argue his point. I said I would say argue your case or something yep. like that. But I think sometimes he was like, that sounds like double the work. Now I have to edit it a certain way and you have to and or I have to argue my point. I think that um I think that mostly the important thing is consistency mm-hmm. in uh in copy editing because uh readers have a fairly keen eye for the inconsistency even even if other small errors don't always jump out at them right away. And so you know, I say, I talk a big game about hyphenation but it'll probably stay pretty much the same if yeah. for no other reason than I think consistency matters. That will certainly be your legacy, Meg Rally, is talking a big game about punctuation. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then and then doing nothing. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think Do you want to know anything else about the job? <laughs> what else are you worried about? You what are you, what's the, what's your uh, what's your fear? We can address it right right now. My fear is embarrassing my family okay yeah uh, but yeah it's you're not gonna embarrass yeah family. well mostly they probably don't read fangraphs so much so uh it would be hard to embarrass them too terribly my fear is well you know it's just that you've um you carry with you a tremendous amount of institutional memory mm. because apart from from appleman and dave cameron you are the the longest tenured fangraphs employee right do I have that uh, yeah. right? Uh, well, I, 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 some credit needs to go to Mark Hewlett, who still does yes. a bunch of prospect stuff on that the website. That is website. He, My apologies. No, no, that's fine. He predated me, but he has also, uh, for I think the entire duration of his time at Fangraphs, he's also had a real job and a family. Right. So I think that um, he um, has he's made it a priority to take care of them as opposed to just uh, indulge his baseball, his little, his little baseball fantasies. Right, whereas you have been mostly concerned with protecting the world from poorly hyphenated or improperly hyphenated posts. Uh, I'm not sure it's a question of protecting, but uh, making it easier for readers, yes, that's what I've endeavored to do. Right, and so, you know, any time that you have someone with that um, that amount of institutional memory depart, you invariably worry about there being some some small thing that matters a lot that we're both forgetting to communicate to one another that will be a problem, even though you have documented your uh, your job in, in very great detail. So I worry about that, but I'm also sort of a worrier by nature, I think that's going to do well for you. That will be a good, a good quality. Yeah, it, it's a. I think it is a useful quality in a managing editor. Um, it tends to bring a, a fair amount of rigor to what you do, which is useful. It doesn't always mean you sleep as well as you should, but that's a me problem. That's not anybody else kind of problem. No. So, no. Um, so it's fine. No, it might be. Uh, oh, maybe do you need a CPAP machine? No, I. <laughs> 
I'm going to un- I'm going to unlock hidden uh, potential in editing mm-hmm. and writing that I am not yet. I edit twenty percent faster now. Oh man, no my my um, sleep issues when they manifest, which is you know I don't mean to calling them an issue sounds so dramatic and and serious, which I it, when yeah, you sleep it, anything less than perfect, it is because it, it is often because I will wake up at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, as a result of my my brain thinking of something that I might need to do and then not being able to quiet my brain uh, mm-hmm. to go back to sleep in a in a timely way. So when I struggle to sleep, it is often it often looks like that rather than not being able to fall asleep. It is waking up at an inconvenient time and then feeling groggy for the morning because I slept in a weird way. Can I share with you an unsolicited strategy? that I've at least developed to deal with that sort of thing. Yeah. I kind of, uh, I call my uh, my brain's bluff sometimes mm. when it's like, oh, you didn't do this thing. I'm like, okay, let's go do it. And so I imagine in my head, like actually getting up and having to, you know, address whatever concern it is that I, over which I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. And then just the mere thought of actually getting up and doing it makes me tired again. Because oh. I think, ugh, all that effort sounds terrible. And sure. then I get drowsy again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I often will just wake up and like check that I've actually scheduled something for the hardball times or uh, have, a, have a glass of water. Mm, stay and hydrated. Then, yeah, and then endeavor to go back to sleep. I live in the state of Washington where certain, uh, certain herbs are legally consumable for non-medicinal reasons. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been encouraged to try that, but I, I don't think that we are quite so serious yet. really great to admit to potential drug use from your managing editor well always i mean if it's legal i don't think it's any problem is it i don't know probably not it would stress my mom out but she won't listen to this either yeah so it's fine yep well that uh is an apt characterization of most people in the world they are not listening to this yeah 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 that's true are there any uh, any hot baseball takes you want to get off your chest before you retire to a less online world? I'm not sure that I had many hot baseball takes before this occurred. So I don't know if this would be a great time to start producing them. I would ask, and this is going to sound like I'm making fun of you. Mm, uh-oh. And I don't mean it that way. I mostly mean that you are quite busy and have a family. And so I wonder how much more or less baseball do you think you will be consuming as oh. a result of this new job than you were before as a busy editor type person with a, a relatively new baby? Well, probably more is my guess. Yeah. Uh, because when you are tasked with... So the way that I've consumed the game a lot more recently has been to consume it like by way of the articles written by our authors. Mm. And I think like I think like I probably do it like some other authors do too, which is also to identify maybe curious trends, developments or something like that and then go seek out the videotape of it. Mm. So to watch it like that as opposed to sitting down. Um this will this will represent the first time in a long time that I actually have like a vested interest in one team's success. Um, So I think that that will also have a strong hold on me, Um, especially since my, I mean, to some degree, my professional, like my job security is tied to the success of that team. Yeah. And so that is, that will make me, that will, uh, that creates a strong, (laughs) it creates a lot of loyalty from Carson Stooley as a fan. So, so go Blue Jays is, uh, 
uh, is one thing that I will feel on a deep level. Sure. Yeah. Are you going to start saying we in reference to the Blue Jays? Uh, I don't know to whom I would do that. Let me think. Strangers. Mm. Passers-by. People mm. at winter meetings. Mm. I-, I will tell you what. I will monitor the situation. I expect a full report at winter meetings, please. I want to yeah, know if I probably have been I, a we. I've probably felt uncomfortable saying we for a while because I'm not actually the one on the field doing the things. Sure. <clears throat> and so I think it's like maybe best to be clear about who's actually uh, winning and losing the games. Man, Carson, you could just at Bill James the next time. Gosh. <laughs> I was about to say contrary to what Bill James, I don't mind in this uh um, I do think, well, no, how about this? I, I mean, it's not even in direct contradiction of James's comments. However, even if you were to argue, and I am not arguing, but if one were to argue that the current collection of players in the board, even the next crop of players would also be way better at baseball than I am. Yeah. So I would still feel comfortable in that very strange scenario. I'd still feel comfortable saying we. However, if um, I was part of the a decision to say acquire a player and i'd say yeah we we liked what that guy was all about then right. maybe i would say in that capacity i don't know really it's still uh, a very exciting thought yeah and uh yeah um so but i'm not really in a position to um to understand how i'm going to feel because my emotions do not extend to the future right you have not you have not projected them my yeah my steamer and zips uh for emotions is not particularly strong mm. yeah that's okay. They're rather squishy. I don't know that they're best modeled that way anyhow. No, no. I started saying we with relation to fan graphs very early, but that mostly meant buying a hoodie and uh, then later paying for a mug that I would have been given for free if I had thought about it for even one moment. Yeah, so, that was a bit of a don't move on your opinion. I do, th- I do agree with you that it feels good to be part of a team, in particular a team in which you believe. Yeah. I, I concede that entirely. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we're all looking for a variety. Like we we all want to be on good teams. Yeah. And so I can understand that, like that reason for wanting to say we in any situation, like whether it's like, you know, if it's your church or if it's, um, your, you know, like a little league team or mm-hmm. um, your family, if you're proud of, if you're proud of your family and you, and you're proud of the the uh, ideas for which they stand and you'd say we yeah you want to be on good teams yeah and it's so much nice being on a team because then you could like you can a little bit outsource some of the difficult decisions you know <laughs> i mean that's i mean to certainly like it, it is so nice to outsource them like here's what we represent right like right. i i was always very excited by was it sound poly the german football team Do you, are you familiar with sound poly i'm not well it's like the it's uh, in the way that you know me to be annoying, uh, like in the uh, the way I dress uh, and everything, you know. <laughs> Carson, I find your mustache delightful. Yeah, sure, but the, all the ways that I'm annoying, that's that's it's kind of uh, anyway. They're like the uh, they're like the the, the liberal hipster team. Oh, uh, they're right. like a liberal hipster team, and they uh, and like for example, like they've taken great pains. Like I think I think their supporter group, for example, features the highest percentage of women of any uh, European supporter group. Got it. They're very open. They're a very open uh, crew. Cool. Um, it's a team in Hamburg. And uh, I had uh, a neighbor from Hamburg one time 
uh, when I was living in, when I was in grad school, uh, named Frank, uh, ask, ask Frank, Frank, Frank Sleekers was his name. He's a landscape architect at UMass. And, um, uh, he was like, oh yeah, he told me about St. Pauli. And so I was like, I am a St. Pauli fan, but I, but they were like at that point, they were in whatever the third division is of German soccer. So it's like, I watched zero matches ever, but just like in a very hypothetical way, I did, I declared that I was a St. Pauli fan because I thought that the values were similar, but I don't even know that for a fact. Honestly, I just know the few things that Frank told me. So you're really putting a lot of of store in him telling you the truth and being a reliable narrator. I, yes, and I I trusted Frank, and so if if that might have been my greatest mistake, but I don't think he led me astray. Actually, he seemed to be a pretty nice pretty nice guy. I think landscape architects are are reliable in general as sort of a a professional group. They yeah, are a good right, team. Yeah. They're what? They're a good team. Yeah, I think they're a good team, right? Did you purchase a hat for this uh, franchise that you started rooting for? Uh, the Did you walk not around yet. saying, "Hey, I have this hat." I would say not yet, but uh, I have I have intention of I have the intention of yes of acquiring some some gear some gear yeah yeah hmm. and maybe uh, yeah maybe like a hat for my son. Aww. he thinks it's fun to wear ball caps, which I. Is an idea I thrust upon him originally, but uh, which he's taken to. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited about that as well, that he likes that. Or you might acquire a polo. You know, uh, there's mm. a strong, there's a chance that polos are in my future. Yeah. I'm uh, somewhat surprised that we do not yet have a Fangraphs branded polo. I think it's a real good thought, uh, especially walking around the winter meetings where one distinguishes oneself by virtue of that. I think that might be important. Will this be your first? Yeah, this will be your first winter meetings with fans. It will be. Yeah. Because last year I had been, last year I think I had accepted my offer. Uh, uh, I think by winter meetings I had been hired, but not yet started. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of working out my notice at my, uh, my old nonprofit job. And so we thought it would be weird. So, yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah, this will be my very first one in a city that, um, you know, I am not the target audience for for Vegas. Like it wouldn't be my choice of a place to do anything. Right. But uh, and to be fair, I don't I think that's also the case for um, your colleagues as well. Yeah, I don't think that there are many folks who are keen on it. I mean, it's it's fine if they are. Mm hmm. But I think that uh, it's just not my it's just not my ideal. You know, I don't think that I had uh, had been given an offer by the time uh, winter meetings rolled around. I'm going back through my email, which seems relevant mostly only to me. But uh, do you think that do do you think that when you go to Las Vegas, you will um, will you treat it like as though you're an anthropologist? Will you write a monograph? As a person who pays a lot of attention to to faces and people's like weird behavior, mm -hmm. my impulse is going to be yes. Although you know I'll have to be a little uh, surreptitious in in doing so because it might be professionally limiting to be too specific. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I will would need to wear a polo because there are there are very few women. I mean, much many more than there used to be. Mm -hmm. But on balance, uh, we are a small group, mm -hmm. and so I don't know how um, how much work we actually have to put in distinguishing ourselves from one another. <laughs> right. It sounds like what you're saying to me is that you're embarrassed that you wouldn't want to that you wouldn't want to wear the the trademark green and whatever the other color is. What's the other? <laughs> I don't it's know. White. Green, and, green and white, green and black. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm wearing my hoodie right now. Are you really? It's very cozy. Hmm. It's a very it's very soft on the inside. I also purchased it uh, with my own American dollars and probably could have received it for free if I had just asked. Yeah, big mistake once again. <sighs> Do you think that um, maybe so frequently during the introductions for these programs, I will talk about um, how one can become a member of Fangraphs.com? Yes. Uh, do you think that maybe instead of that, you have, I mean, it's already been determined. Do you think that you will maybe draw attention to the fact that uh, hoodies and mugs are available at the Fangraph shop? I, you know, I think I will. I think okay. it's a, it's an under, it's an <laughs> underreported uh, uh, aspect of our store. Yeah. Although I think we had a limited number of mugs, Dane Perry had a, a very good idea <laughs> that will require me reading a tweet that involves a swear. And maybe just this once. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe just this once we'll let the swear stand. Yeah. Because it's really necessary for effect. And also because I am quoting someone. You're, yeah, and, that's right. That's and my understanding is that uh, we are allowed to swear in the service of journalism. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dame Perry brought our attention to uh, a, a gentleman who uh, goes by Gill on mm. Twitter, who said in response to a CBS sports report that um, the Yankees are reportedly doing extensive research on Manny Machado's background, that, bitch, just look at fan graphs. That's all you need to know. And I think we should put that on a mug and perhaps a polo. What would you? It would say... Bitch, just go to Fangraphs? Would yeah, that, was that just look at Fangraphs. Yeah. Now that's, I do not enjoy um, the casual usage of that word, which now we are no longer quoting, so I will I will refrain sure. um, from from using it. But I think the sentiment is, uh, is, is worth it in this case, uh, more than just the bro, do you Fangraphs or whatever that, that one yeah. quote was. So yeah. Carson, are there? Uh, are th- I know that soon you are going to have to engage in in childcare responsibilities. Do you have any any words you'd like to say to your your listeners? This is quite the end of an era. You've been doing this podcast for a very long time. Yeah, uh, I I'll be honest. It's uh, I I just don't have a, a sense of it being particularly a moment of magnitude uh, <laughs> for them. Honestly, Aww. it's fine. It's fine. We're all fine. We're all fine. I mean, I'm probably going to be bad at this for the first little bit. Yes. Yeah. So really I, wallow I apologize. In it. Yeah, wallow in that. I think for that's that, fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's all everything's fine. It's you gonna know? wake me up at two in the morning, but I'll fall back asleep eventually. We're all fine. I've enjoyed doing it. I think it's a silly job that I've had. I mean, it's silly that I had it. It's silly. It's silly that it exists in mm-hmm. uh, objectively, and it's silly that I was the one. And I have been the one who's been able to do it. And so for that, I feel fortunate to participate in the absurd. Anytime you can participate in the absurd, uh, what a thing. But um, yeah, I, you know, a lot of times people have been nice to me and I don't, I don't always know. I'm always suspicious when they are mm-hmm. um, because, they, because that's how I was trained as a youth to be suspicious when people were nice to me. Well, you're from any, New England. Yeah, this, is, this doesn't make any sense. So I, I guess I, I appreciate that. But uh, I think you're going to do a great job. Meg, and uh, I think in some ways, as I've told you uh, in private, I think you'll represent an improvement. Oh, hey, here's an editing thing. Yeah. You know, I could have used the verb to be, the future the future tense of the verb to be. I would say you will be an improvement. Yes. But what I said and said was you will represent an improvement. And I want yes. you to know 
that with great frequency, I uh, change uh, various forms of the verb to be to represent that word I, I use a lot. You could look over Fangraphs.com articles for last year, and you will see that the verb represent is used uh, in place of the verb to be with great frequency. I support that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good verb. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I'm thankful uh, thankful to uh, David Alvin for employing me, uh, obviously. Yeah. And uh, for all my colleagues for being reasonable. Yeah, we uh, we will miss you. I mean, you're not dying, which no. is nice. So, uh, you know, we will speak probably uh, less often than we do now, but mm-hmm. we will not not speak. And I feel ridiculous saying this, but Carson, I think you have fulfilled your obligation. Aww. Do you that feel feelings little, now? That I'm got, trying to yeah, get you that, to cry. that got me a little bit. Yeah, Aww. yeah, that got me a little bit. But uh, but I do appreciate it, and uh, I wish you the best of luck, Meg. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.